Thank you, Laurie. Brilliant. Um, thank you, guys. It's a, it's a real privilege to speak here. We move in a week. Um, so we've been 18 months here um, in a place to rest and work out the next steps with the support and guidance of Laurie and Wendy and so many of you guys. We're so, so grateful. And um, when Laurie... I said, would you like to speak? I just, I've just been asking the Lord, what, what would I share with you? And the first thing that I got was that you, each one of you, utterly unique. Wonderfully, fearfully made by God. Each one of you is a gift to our world and our time. Sometimes we sort of go, oh, wouldn't it be lovely to live in those times? But you were deliberately made to be in these times. You were meant to be here. And as I was walking down tonight, the Lord said very clearly to me about you as individuals and you as a community, as a church, that he has called you to be like a forest. Each one of you is like an individual tree. Of course, Cheshire boy means forest. There is something ancient that is from God in the ground here. And the trees with the roots that go down will be the ones that access it. And you are a community of forest that is a safe place in this area. And do not underestimate how important your impact is, even if you feel like you're not doing very much. Because trees don't charge off and do things. But their very presence breathes oxygen into the world. And this is your role. There is a really important role. You are a safe place here. But you're more than that. There is something very, very deep and important that God put in the ground hundreds of years ago that you guys are accessing through your roots. And as you stay as a forest, you will bring other life into our world and our time that's really important and unique. I personally believe that every church is unique, just like every person is unique. And every church has a unique calling and that is the same for St. Leonard's. You guys have such a unique calling that is now for this time. Do not let that be mocked or underestimated by anyone. But knowing that, my other point was, how do we be who we are when life is hard? Then life can be hard. How do we do it in this difficult world and this difficult time? Because it is a difficult world, a difficult time. So I thought I would share two verses that have been for me over many, many years, since my 20s, a real rock for me. And they're based at the end of Psalm 27. Two verses from Psalm 27, 13 and 14. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. 
I received these first in my 20s. And I know, I know, in my deep, deep knower, that they're linked to revival. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I still believe this. This links back, of course, to every person being unique and precious. God doesn't make people and then want to see them lost. His longing is to see people with him. So that is our longing. And I've understood um, this. If I had realized that the rest of the psalm would be really relevant in my life in my 20s, I might have panicked. But right now, it's a real rock because it's not an easy psalm. But having gone through so much of that psalm, as, as the years have gone on, I've gone, thank you, Lord, that you knew and you told me. Thank you, Lord, that you knew and you told me. So, just three things out of this, these two verses. I am still confident of this. The reason it says that is because life's been so tough, if you read the rest of it. Rest of Psalm 27, it's not easy. Life is tough and life is hard. In fact, working in HR in a corporate world, I know that life is hard for everyone. There isn't anyone that doesn't have difficulties that they have to face. Not anyone. There is no one person that sails through. However, as believers, we can stand with this verse. I am still confident of this. Whatever life throws at me, I am still confident of this. That is faith. This is confidence. I will go on to the next bit in a minute. This is confidence not in ourselves, but in God. This is faith. Whatever happens, I have faith. Interestingly, faith can not only remain in difficulty, but it grows. I mean, C.S. Lewis said, God whispers to us in our pleasure, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is a megaphone to rouse a deaf world. I sometimes think the Lord allows countries to go through times of difficulty, just so that maybe we can hear him. Difficulties provide us with an opportunity to grow. To grow in humility, to grow in compassion, and to grow in courage. We obviously have the option to ignore this. I've seen this happen in many situations, both in church and in the secular world. But if, as Christians, we can still be confident of God, we can grow whatever happens. Obviously, I was going to bring two stories in here. Obviously, forgiveness is one thing we can grow in. I have learnt, in a way I wish I hadn't really, but I have learnt about forgiveness and I've learnt what it means. It's not emotion. It's legal. It's I am not holding this person to account. I will not be the person before the court of God that judges them. But this is obvious to us as Christians. How does this apply everywhere? I was thinking about, I have a lovely, I line manage a few people, and one of my colleagues, a young woman, really lovely young woman, deeply enthusiastic, gets it wrong. 
And I have had to take the very painful path of telling her she's getting it wrong. And she's a Christian. And she's known me in my other world, my Christian world. And she doesn't want me to tell her where I'm getting it wrong in the commercial world. And it's been a painful path. How do you walk this path where I have a position within a corporate world as a line manager that I need to use well, I cannot run away from. I have seen so many people in the, in the corporate world run away from their responsibilities all the time. But actually, if you care about the person you work with, you don't. And that doesn't mean avoid the difficult conversations. It means take them on and do them kindly. Actually, it's the best thing for her because it trained her. And in fact, she's moving on to another role and we're all so delighted and we're really good. We're, we're actually good friends. But she thanked me for the difficult conversations, which I confess I prayed about. Because you and I are God's opportunity to be planted in this world now and I could breathe oxygen. It just wasn't the oxygen I wanted to breathe. It was difficult, but it was important. It was important for her career, and it was important. Difficulties. Difficulties make us grow, if we let them. But I am confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's our faith. I will see the goodness of the Lord. His confidence, or the psalmist's confidence, is in the goodness of the Lord. It's in his goodness. For revival, certainly, I will see it. Meditate on the word goodness. I mean, honestly, it is the most extraordinary word. I know that as a Christian, I am not alone in spending more time repenting and beating myself up than listening to the kind words and goodness of the Lord. It is really important that we let him be kind. I am better at saying sorry to Stuart and expecting him to say something cross than listening to all the kind things he wants to say to me. And there are times when you said kind things and he said, did you hear that? And I went, no. I don't know if anyone else does that. I am not good at goodness. But it's really important because God is goodness and true goodness is like clean water. It restores it refreshes. And I love seeing this. And actually I was thinking, this is like the breath. The goodness of the Lord will come out as oxygen out of you. You will put into the world what the world is losing. We, people who believe, people who have the Lord in us, are what the world needs now. They might not know it, but they do. They really, really do. They need you to know that God is good and let that goodness come out of you in all sorts of different ways. It flows out of listening. Real goodness, his goodness, flows out of listening to God. So you're not trying to appease or make somebody think you're nice or be nice even. Don't try and be nice Ask God, what do I do? What do I do? 
And if he doesn't tell you, don't do anything. <laughs> don't just charge in there and say, I'm sorry, you're a bit slow. Because that's what I do. But don't. Listen. And then suddenly you'll get this, just send someone a note. Or just a prompt or a heavy weight. Pray for them. And I've sent someone flowers or a note and they've said, gosh, you know, that made so much difference. And you think, my goodness, that was the tiniest nudge. But it's his nudges that are goodness. It's the fun of being part of that plan where the goodness of the Lord flows. I am confident of this. I have faith that the goodness of the Lord can be in the land of the living. That does not mean waiting for heaven. You know that, don't you? The land of the living means here, now. And finally, verse 14, the bit that I have fought for 40 years, and I have failed so many times. I stand before you as an impatient saint who has regularly lost heart until the gentle hand of the Lord comes on my shoulders and reminds me. And so God puts in verse 15, with such kindness, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. And in case you missed it, wait. <laughs> wait. Wait, Kerry. No. Be strong, take heart. Why is he saying that? Because life's hard. And people will be unfair. Things will go wrong. Do we blame God when things go wrong? Or do we know that we're in a hard, fallen world and actually God's right beside you saying, hang on in there, hang on in there, listen. What's the next bit? We are not alone. And that not aloneness, that goodness that's with us, can be shared. I have secular people in my office will come to me when there's difficulties just because they know that I'll tell them something. They know about my faith, but they know that there's somewhere to go. I had one lovely girl, lovely Essex girl, really blunt, will tell you exactly what she thinks very, very loudly in the office. And she said, oh, I'm so glad she talked to you, Kerry. I knew you'd be the kind one there. Because she knew there was kindness. There, she's also afraid of me. She said, oh, when somebody's done something wrong, yeah, you don't want to get on the wrong side of you. I don't want to be fired by you, Kerry. Said, oh, no, good. Glad you did. <laughs> so, goodness is from the Lord. Sometimes... In this journey, we have to wait. And God knows it. That's why he says it twice. Wait. Wait. Be strong and take heart. And sometimes you're waiting for years. God gave me this verse in my 20s. And I'm not going to tell you how old I am. Just going to tell you that I've got seven grandchildren. God gave me this in my 20s for revival. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, not because, because I want to be there when I see God meet these people. I just want to be there. 
want to see it. I can testify in the middle of... I've got to be polite, haven't I? Because I'm being recorded. In the middle of when everything throws all that horrible stuff beginning with SH at you, poo, fine, when it's all swirled around and it's being chucked at you, you still wait. You still wait and you, that's when you be strong. And that's when you take heart. Why do you have to take heart? Because you're on the verge of losing heart. He doesn't say these words lightly. Not one word that God says does he say lightly. Every word that God says is deep, deep with meaning. And it's so real. And I can stand before you today and testify the real goodness of the Lord. And that when you stand and wait and you take heart, he will be holding your hand. Another psalm, which you will all know well, Psalm 23, goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. Well, they do. Look for them, because they're right there. And this is what you have to offer this world in this time. And as you stand together, like a mighty great forest, with your roots going down, taking the greatness of what God has for here, then that will go out. That will bring breath to this area. Life, hope, freedom. The birds of the air will come. The wild animals will come. There will be provision, growth of berries. There will not be hunger. There will be hope because you stand as a great forest, an ancient forest, a royal forest. And there is only one gardener. So remember, every word is real and heavy. If you ever hit those horrible dark nights of the soul, and boy have I had a few, read these words out loud in the middle of the night and everything around you will hear it including yourself eat the word it changes us and remember in the midst of it you are meant to be here you are irreplaceable you are precious to finish with a great quote from a great author who impacted my young life, Dr. Seuss. Today you are you, and that is truer than true. There's no one else who is youer than you. You do not want to deprive this area, this world, and this church of the you-ness that is you. Lord, I bless this wonderful church and this wonderful community. And I declare your life over this great forest. In Jesus' name. Amen.